Welcome to our double segment of BuddyCast. I'm here with my friend Matt Broke Boland. He's a local musician from Erie, Pennsylvania, my hometown. And I thought we would talk to him a little bit about the local music scene today. So, tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm 34. I've been playing and uh, traveling uh, professionally for about 10 years, but uh, ultimately playing uh, gigs for 16 years now. I got started when I was 18 and um, I host open mics, a radio show. I do sound, put shows together, put festivals together. I do whatever I can to um, help benefit the music community. Awesome. How'd you get started in music? Well, there's a question. <laughs> um, so I was a, a skateboarder when I was a teenager. And uh, obviously, we, we all listened to punk and stuff like that. And um, I got really into the Ramones. I heard the Ramones for the first time when I was really young. My mom was a Ramones fan. And uh, I dove headfirst into like punk rock and started my first um, couple of punk bands. And then uh, when I was about 17, I started really, really listening to like Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Chuck Berry, and all the 50s rockabilly and rock and roll and um, blues stuff going on. And um, I just totally switched gears and said, this is the kind of music I want to do. And uh, been doing that ever since. And now I'm doing all kinds of genres of music. But that that's really where I got my start is uh, Maddie B and the Dirty Pickles 2004 and doing hey. uh, 50s rock and roll and stuff. Now, is that the band you're currently involved with right now? It's one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, this is actually the 16-year anniversary of Maddie B and the Dirty Pickles. But um, I also play upright bass in a bootleggers Bible club with Matt Texter and Louis Nicolia. Um, I do my own one-man band show called Matt Broke Boland. I have a band called the Broke Boland Band, which is like all my alternative and punk stuff and uh i'm working with some hip-hop artists now I, I just try and be as much as all over the place as you can man that's uh that's the key to um surviving this industry is is just do as many things as possible and eventually it all adds up to a career <laughs> absolutely absolutely now how do you come up with your band names uh honestly it is the hardest part of being a musician. I don't care what anyone says, man. Writing a song, no problem. Coming up with an album name, that's okay. When it comes to a band name, though, man, because you're stuck, you know? You're just stuck with whatever you pick. And uh, it's funny because the Dirty Pickles, there you can see it right there. The Dirty Pickles, uh, like I said, I was 18 years old, and I remember our first show ever was it was at the Pepsi Amphitheater at the time. Now it's just the uh, amphitheater where all the eight grade Tuesdays are. But it was uh, called the Garage Band Blowout. And um, I was on the phone with my bass player, Ben Jammin Romer, and they basically said, you guys have to have a band name or we can't put you on the bill. And we had just gotten out of school and we were on the phone just going back and forth with the dumbest ideas. And he said something like, what about the dirty onions? And I laughed when he said that. And because I had like, you know, punk buttons and pins all over, I had a Heinz pickle pin, you know, those little Heinz pickle. Yeah. Pins? I had one of those on when I laughed, my thumb caught it and it fell on the ground. And I said, what about the dirty pickles? And we both laughed really hard and was like, that's stupid. No way. Well, the next morning I'm getting ready for school and an episode of Lassie is on. And the first thing I hear is Timmy, don't get yourself into a pickle. And I was like, all right, this will work for this show. We'll be the dirty pickles you don't want to get into. And uh, 
after one show, it stuck so hard that we just couldn't shake it. So 34 years old and I got a pickle tattoo on me now. <laughs> couldn't be sounds, like a real, sounds like a real good dating profile, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, putting professional musician on your dating profile already gets you a few strikes. Definitely go with the pickle thing, you know? That'll, that'll be a sure hook. Might as well go all out. Exactly. So what's the best show you've ever played so far, in your opinion? The best show? Yeah. You're like at least top three. Like what have been your well, top three favorites? Well, least? yeah, that well, it's really tough because there's a bunch of different factors. There there's shows that make you feel good and they can mm-hmm. be really small and, and really memorable because you you sweat, you poured your heart out there everything like clicked the crowd was right there with you no matter how big or small there's other shows that are on huge stages that feel a lot less personal one-on-one with the crowd but the lights the you know cameras and um just being able to look at a sea of thousands and thousands of people so it it's really a hard one because i have fortunately um been able to play just about every kind of show you can and um we had a few really good Crooked Eye shows that I remember were just the energy. Um, Crooked Eye used to be on State Street right next to uh, where Docksiders is right now. And the energy was just perfect. And I just remember this moment of like serenity. <laughs> like, ah, this is why I do what I do, you know? And then, um, so that would be like the most impactful show. The loudest crowd I ever got was we did a full year at uh, Grandview Elementary. So Grandview Elementary School they they based their whole year on uh, manners matters with Maddie B and the Dirty Pickles, and uh, every time a student had good manners, a teacher would give them a pickle point. And at the end of the year, we got to put on a concert for the kids and give away prizes to the kids with the most pickle points. But let me tell you, man, kindergarten through fifth grade, playing to those kids in a gymnasium, I felt like the Beatles. I'd never heard that cracking sound of so many people screaming after a song like you know it just felt like what you see on like ed sullivan when the girls are going crazy it was just that that feeling of like you felt that wall of sound was a good one and then probably the biggest show i ever played was uh um i don't know probably one of the celebrate eeries or eight great tuesdays i think one of the celebrate eerie there was like ten thousand people down the line oh we were opening for uh dennis d young the singer from sticks and uh i just remember looking and going I've never seen this many people in my life because when you're on a stage, you see all the way down state street and they were all the way past Perry square from like, you know, uh, fourth and state. So wow. that was crazy. those are my top three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what Sorry, are you, you, got, you got to cut me off sometimes, man. I no, like to no, talk. No. No, <laughs> people do long answers, you know, keep going down memory lane. Keep going. <laughs> well, hit, hit me with another question. I guarantee I will. <laughs> Yeah, this one's not a memory question. This one's more of a futuristic question. What are your hopes and dreams for your music career? Like coming up and everything. Uh, with the way things are going, to still have one would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. My my goal has always, you know, when I was younger, you want to be famous and all that stuff. Like that that's since passed. I honestly just want stability. I love what I do and I've worked really hard to become a p- professional at what I do. And, uh, you know, I just to be able to incorporate all the little things that I've learned how to do from playing music. Cause it's not just, like I said, getting on stage and playing music. It, it's, it's having um, public speaking skills. 
it's learning how to do lights and sound it's um booking it's management it, it's uh media you know what i mean like the marketing like there's just all these um factors that come from doing it for this long that i didn't even realize i learned and over time now that i'm getting a little older i'm looking at you know as long as i can keep doing stuff that's involved with music obviously i'm all i'm gonna play till i'm dead <laughs> you know what i mean but um if i can just make a good career and a good living um around the music industry in any way shape or form you know i have a recording studio now and i'm working with people on uh, recording and doing video editing and shooting music videos for people just doing stuff like that uh as long as i can keep doing that kind of stuff and maintaining and hopefully maybe buy a house and do some more traveling uh that that's really all i want for the future is just to be engulfed in the music industry somehow and making a, a good living at it you know absolutely now, speaking of future, I don't know if you heard today, Erie County just got the go-ahead to go green. I did, but so, I don't I don't yeah. think that's going to be amazing for musicians quite yet. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, how um, how do you feel that the music scene is going to be impacted by, or is going to be impacted with all these changes coming from COVID-19? Well, it already has been impacted immensely. Uh, like I said, I've been playing music since I was 18 pretty regularly i mean uh, maybe the longest i went between gigs was two weeks um i this is the longest i've ever gone in my life without playing music uh in front of a crowd it, it, it's really interesting man I, i'm seeing a lot of venues across the country having to shut down and in fear of completely shutting down um it it's so hard to say because there there's a double-edged sword going on here at one point you know i've noticed it in the last few years with um just having the world in our phones um being an entertainer is not what it used to be when i started in the early 2000s yeah the internet was around but the way things were people still went out people still danced people still got their entertainment from entertainers live um, that had already been changing a lot and you could see it, man, you know, crowds weren't as big and it wasn't just for me, you know, I'm not being pompous. I'm just saying like, you know, everybody was kind of like the, the scene had totally changed and going to bars, you know, sometimes you felt like more of a nuisance. Like people just wanted to hear the jukebox or be on their phones. Um, I think the, the plus side is, you know, um, people not having that every week and uh, getting jaded towards it. I think people are going to look at live music a little differently. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I know that I can't wait to go to my first show and just feel the amplifiers hitting my chest again, you know, not, not even playing, but going and watching people. So I think that's going to be a plus side is, um, you know, getting people back out there and having them fall back in love with live entertainment and music. But the negatives are definitely there. I mean, I, people like me whose living is based on music. I mean, you know, we're struggling very hard uh, to just to get by and pay bills right now because, you know, it's one thing to do it for fun. It's another when, you know, it, it's your life. I, I remember there were times when, you know, places would have to cancel a gig and I'd go, Oh crap, that was my rent, you know, like just one gig, but having a whole summer wiped out, which is our busiest season is, you know, it, it's devastating in a lot of ways. 
So it, it really is all just going to depend on the public and the music lovers and the scene to pop back and support as much as possible and realize, you know, they're not just supporting entertainment, but they're supporting people in their community. And, you know, we need that as entertainers. That's what one of the reasons why we love what we do is uh, really giving people something to support, you know, like we, we give you our energy and uh, throw it back at us. So I don't know, man, it's a really tough question. I, yeah, I, I am at the point in the year 2020 where I am through trying to make any kind of assumptions of what the future is like. <laughs> I, I am clocked out of that, man. <laughs> like, I'm a, I think it's going to be the best year of my life. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've always been a moment to moment guy, man. But thank God, because that was training for 2020. <laughs> like, yeah. I've learned exactly. how to live moment to moment, literally. It's like all those people in uh, the beginning. And I was one of them. 2020 is going to be my year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, all that stuff. It's going to be glorious. Five months later, is this year over yet? Well, but, but that's just it, man. That's kind of the beauty of, you know, I told everyone this as soon as it started. Like, this is nature's way of giving everyone a timeout and telling us to go sit in the corner and think about what we've done. Exactly. And we, and we as humanity, we really, really needed it. You know, it's terrible that people are passing and getting sick. But overall, as a whole, look at look at what it's really led to already. You know, um, uh, unfortunately, you know, un unfortunately, we have the um, the obvious things that are going on right now with the, the black lives matter movement. But when I, I don't mean to say, unfortunately, because I think these things are all extremely, um, it's tough Important. to say positive because there's so much horrible mm -hmm. things coming out of it. But honestly, a, as a whole and as a species and as a society, you know, COVID with the black lives matter movement and, and, um, the protesting and people are just waking up, man. People had time to think and go, Oh Yeah we're not going to live like this anymore, you know, and, and they're standing up and really thinking for themselves. And we're taking our country back. We're taking the world back just by, you know, processing going, okay, what does it take to, to be human? And like, what kind of society do we want? And I think uh, a lot of what's going on is because people actually had time to take a breath and, and realize what they were angry about or do research on stuff and be more informed you know, and um, that's why we're at where we're at right now. And yeah, of course it's bad, but there, it's nothing ever changes without a fight. You know, you need exactly. to fight. You need to fight for change. And we we have a lot of changes that need to be made. So I, I think it's all positive. It's just going to take, hopefully not too long, but it's going to take a while to see all the, the positives and benefits that have come from, you know, this year in general. Most definitely. Most definitely. Now... What is, what's something, you know, you mentioned like a lot of understanding, like a lot of like understanding that this is going to take time, understanding that like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. What are some things you wish people understood about the music industry, like about musicians that you've really seen like get played off or like misrepresented? Um, really just how much goes into it. Um, there are people who get lucky. They get picked up by a label or, you know, they, they get that Instagram hit or, or the TikTok. you know what I mean? Like 
And lucky is a, a tough word because like, yeah, they are lucky, but they even still put in work to make that happen. It's just some people don't hit those strides. So it's just work and work and work. And um, yeah, bands just don't happen. And, and even more important, people don't realize like all the behind the scenes stuff, not, not just the songwriting and the rehearsals and lugging heavy stuff up and downstairs all the time. But the, um, you know, you really at, at this stage of the game, you have to be a, a, a multimedia person. You have to know how to work a camera. You have to know how, how to run a recording studio. You have to know how to have some knowledge of marketing and um, just how to hustle without spamming. You know, it, it's uh, there. there's a lot of, of things that go into being an artist, especially in this day and age that, um, I don't think people are aware of and uh honestly it it's hard to get paid you know it i i do pretty well because i've been at it for so long i don't do awesome yeah i'm still broke bowling but i i've seen other artists who work just as hard as me who are you know aren't aren't making the same and it you know i'm very grateful that i've been able to keep it up for so long and like i said i'm just scraping by but i get to do it playing music a lot of bands have to work two jobs and play music to, to scrape by or, you know, work a day job and, you know, play three nights a week just to get by. And, um, yeah, I, I think that there's just a lot that goes on on the other side of the door that people don't realize. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's, one of, it's, like a, it's one of those talents that you see when it comes together, you know, like you see the show on the stage, and yeah. you, you know, you don't realize that it's like a game. It's like a sporting event, you know, you see oh, yeah. it the field and it's like, you see this player doing all this amazing work. That's just because, five, you know, five days ago in the gym, he was doing exactly what he's doing now just repeatedly. It, and that's absolutely the truth. And I guess the other thing to think about is it's weird because um, it's so hard to make any money off music, like uh, um, venue owners and bars, will we'll pay you to play shows if you're lucky you can sell some merch but like as far as online goes i mean you got to think we ask 10 to 12 dollars for a cd that cd took years to write hours to practice thousands of dollars in the recording studio you know what i mean yeah. and, and it, you know it, it it's that's another thing that i don't think a lot of people realize is putting the work and effort into these songs now it, it's gotten a lot easier now because home studios are so you know uh the, the home studios are all over the place now and uh you can do a lot of stuff yourself i try and do as much as possible but if you want you know that that good quality you work for it and generally you don't really get paid for it but that's the beauty of being an artist is you don't do it for the money you hope you can get the money so you can keep doing it, but you don't do it for the money that, you know, when I make an album, that's my, you know, that's one of my masterpieces. That's 10 songs for or whatever from my heart, like hours of sweat and blood put into it. And you know, what little money I got at my last gig goes to the engineer, the studio to, to record it. So yeah, when you buy people's music, it, it, um, it not only helps, but it means something to them. It's the same thing Absolutely. as buying a painting from an artist. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Now, who are some bands and artists today that you look up to, that you model after? Today? Yeah. 
or just in your career in general? Um, well, obviously, like Buddy Holly is always going to be my hero because uh, he was like a writer, producer, engineer. He 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 was one of the first guys to do everything back in the fifties. Mm-hmm. I always loved that. Um, but today. I, I love what Jack White does, man. Jack White's one of my all-time favorites out of uh, my, since I've been around, you know what I mean? Out of my life um, for the same reasons. He's a complete weirdo and he, he's he got his hands in the dirt as much as possible in like every aspect of what he does. And um, uh, obviously like I, I always got to give a shout out to Green Day because Green Day to me are like the modern day Rolling Stones. They've been around for so long and have adapted so much. And uh, anybody could say what they want. There's not really a bad Green Day song. There's just Green Day songs that aren't as good as other Green Day songs, you know? Um, Well, I I mean, anything Dave Grohl does. uh, I'm not like a huge Foo Fighters fan and stuff, but Dave Grohl as a, a, a musician and as a workhorse in the industry is just unstoppable. Um. I like Wu-Tang Clan a lot. <laughs> I mean, same thing, man. Those guys, you know, what RZA did as far as putting those beats together and getting those people together, that was a real, real cool group of, like, unified, you know? Uh, anybody who breaks boundaries is what I like. Anybody That's- who just takes the rules, throws them away, and goes, okay, this will work regardless of what we think is supposed to work. You might, you know what that reminded me of? What's That's that? Kind of like- Queen did you know like how they oh. just uh, did all those different elements and just went this is how we're gonna do it we don't care what you think this is what we're doing that's like, right like bohemian rhapsody for example you know a song yeah. that's minutes long everyone's like you're nuts yeah and to this day it doesn't make any sense but who cares everyone knows it <laughs> you know everyone loves it they no, made a movie out of it you know Freddie was uh freddy was a genius man he just did not care <laughs> not at all not at all and he stood up for what he, you know, he believed in. It's like it's either Bohemian or we walk. Your choice, and walk right. away from a multi-million-dollar record company. Yep. So let me ask you: Speaking of famous people, have you ever played with any famous or semi-famous people in your career? Um. Yeah, I played with a couple. Um. I uh, like I said before, uh, probably one of the most famous people I played with was uh, Dennis D. Young from Sticks. Um. Mm-hmm. I uh, I played with the Misfits a few times. In my book, those guys are famous because they're the Misfits, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I feel bad because I know there's others, but man, stuff starts to blend after a while. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I, I don't know. I I know. Oh, well. So, uh, Commander Cody, who sings Hot Rod Lincoln, I got to open up for him. He <laughs> was really cool. I. Uh, I, I played with a lot of really cool underground acts, like almost would be famous acts. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, people like the goddamn gallows and, you know, they're, they're famous in their own right, but they're not, you know, <laughs> they're not yeah. on the, the radio like they should be. But um, in that scene, they're, you know, top dogs. I, I don't know, man. It's uh, like I said, a lot of stuff just kind of blends. You, you yeah. talked to me that that question earlier and I was like, huh, I don't know. I, I probably should have done some research and remembered some of the shows I played. All right. I'm going to wrap it up here with this question, if you don't mind. All right. What's your advice to anyone looking to go into the music industry, like a practicing musician or 
someone that's like in the industry but struggling to make it you know what advice would you give them don't do it <laughs> i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> honestly the advice is like how bad you you need to go into it knowing what you want from it when i was 18 years old i dropped out of high school a few months after i started the pickles because i knew i'm not doing anything else this is i'm gonna put every ounce of energy and blood into it like that was it i i never questioned it i was gonna be a musician um i think a lot of musicians think that but then you realize how much at work actually goes into it and they fade very quickly or they burn too bright too fast you know um just know what you're getting into and what you're doing it for if you have that drive and that passion you're like i'm willing to do anything to play shows to go broke to lose girlfriends to not hanging out with people to stay at home writing songs perfecting my craft i know i make it sound so glamorous but <laughs> the payoff really is worth it it just takes time you know but if you're willing to do that then i say that that's what it takes and what you have to do if you want to be in a band with your friends and have fun, never take anything lightly. Work your ass off and make it really good. Um, but don't expect much from it. You know, you, you get what you put in and sometimes the sacrifices aren't worth um, what you get out of it. But sometimes they are. It changes every day, every show, every month, every year you do it. So yeah, that's what I would say is just know what you're in it for and act accordingly. You get what you give. You get what you give. Perfect. Absolutely. Well, any final comments, anything you want to say? Any? How about this? Any shows you got coming up? <laughs> no. <laughs> they all got canceled. <laughs> well, the um, well, so there are some, but I everything's so up like, in the air right now. I don't sound like that. What's that? I'm sorry. Not like any like local basement show or anything like that you got going on. <sighs> See that that's just it. There there's stuff um that I do have booked, but it's kinda up in the air with, with the promoters and myself and what's going on with everything. So I, I'm hesitant to actually give any dates or say anything because I, I don't know for sure and I haven't talked with them. All I know is I will be out there as soon as possible with either the bootleggers Bible club, me, Matt broke Boland doing the one man band show or Maddie being the dirty pickles. We'll be out there. It's just going to take time. Check out the dirty or broke Um, you can find videos and stuff on youtube.com slash broke Boland. And I am going to plug my radio show. I do a live radio show every Thursday at nine. It's called broke beast distraction radio shuffle. Um, check it out on facebook it's every thursday at nine live and i feature all local art of all sorts and it, it's kind of cool all righty thanks man it was a blast and i really I, hope you pick up i appreciate for you. you asking me man yeah absolutely this is what buddy cast is all about it's about taking people who have these local talents who have you know unique jobs everything and just selling them what it's all about so awesome man well maybe i should have you on the radio show then we're gonna have oh, to work something okay. out we'll love to we'll do all it right. for sure and afterwards we'll chat all right sounds good man all right well this was matt broke boland i'm nick Thornton. this was your double featured buddy cast all my buddies out there have a good night